Hello, and welcome to the QCS General Practice Podcast, empowering GP practices with the latest expert insights. I'm Tracy Green, Head of Primary Care, and today I will be talking with my colleague, Alison Lawerson, who is the GP Policy Lead at QCS. And in this episode, we'll be discussing training. What is mandatory training? What type of training practices need to provide for their staff? And what is new since the pandemic? Hi, Alison. Hi, Tracy. So thanks for joining me today. Firstly, what is mandatory training and and how is that different to statutory training? Well, statutory training is usually required by law or where statutory body has instructed an organisation to provide training based on specific legislation. For example, the Health and Safety at Work Act. But mandatory training is compulsory training that's considered essential for the safe and efficient delivery of services. And this type of training is designed to reduce organisational risks and comply with local or national policies and government guidelines. So in a healthcare setting, mandatory training may relate to general workplace practice or be specific to someone's job role, such as a GP or nurse. And some organisations use the terms essential or compulsory training as a catch-all to cover both mandatory training and statutory training. Oh, that's really good. Thank you for breaking that down for us, Ali. So what we both know as ex-practice managers is that many staff view the training as a waste of time, a bit of a tick box exercise. So why is training so important? It is difficult, but staff who are trained, they learn new skills to prove productivity, provide an effective service, reduce mistakes, build confidence in the team and, of course, create a better working environment. Fortunately, serious incidents don't happen very often. And whilst it might seem like a waste of time to some, workplace safety is a serious business and certain training is vital for everyone in the workplace, such as health and safety, fire safety awareness, when and how to report injuries, diseases and dangerous occurrences, which is known as RIDOR, awareness of the control of substances hazardous to health, such as COSH, and manual handling training, because, of course, poor manual handling causes over a third of all workplace injuries. So it is important that new staff especially receive essential training as part of their induction or onboarding, and all staff should have regular mandatory training updates. And this can also be done with other providers, including with other practices. Okay, so there's quite a bit of training already there. What other types of training should a practice ensure their staff undertake? As we know, the list of training considered essential for the safe and efficient delivery of services seems to grow every single year. But training subjects in primary care usually include things like chaperone training and complaints handling, also safeguarding for both adults and children, conflict resolution, equality awareness, basic life support, infection control, and recently sepsis awareness, and many, many more. And crucially, it's important that practices determine what training their staff need. They arrange the training, keep staff training records, and provide regular updates. Okay, so that's very useful. Another regular question I often hear, and I know that practice managers out there are asking in terms of CQC as well, is how often do staff have to undertake this training? That's a really good question. Mandatory training usually requires attending annual updates depending on the job role and organisational requirements. But the frequency of other training will vary depending on any risks encountered in the working environment, the needs of staff and governance and legal frameworks. 
but some training is required annually, such as the information governance training, which is required for the Data Security Protection Toolkit. And remember, the deadline for submitting the 2019-20 toolkit was extended, and it needs to be submitted by the 30th of September this year. But other training is required every two or even three years, such as safeguarding and fire warden training. Okay, so thank you for that. What what training does the CQC expect and, and do they mandate what primary care staff have to have? Okay, so interestingly, the CQC does not have a list of mandatory training for members of the GP practice team. So ultimately, the practice is responsible for determining what mandatory training and additional training staff need. But what the CQC does expect is that practices must have sufficient numbers of suitably qualified, competent, skilled and experienced staff in order to meet the needs of the people using the services at all times. And of course, they must ensure that staff have the skills, knowledge and experience to deliver effective care and treatment too. So when you break that down, really, that that seems quite sensible, doesn't it? So what what's new in terms of training in general practice now? Although it's been an exceptionally challenging time for practices in the last few months, it is still important to provide safe and high quality care and treatment to patients. And the CQC did update their mandatory training MythBuster, the Nigel Surgery Number no. 70 MythBuster, to include information about the coronavirus COVID-19 emergency. But Health Education England also provide e-learning for healthcare organisations and they've produced a coronavirus programme which is freely available to anyone working in the NHS and also the independent sector and social care. And the training includes modules relating to prevention and treatment concerning the coronavirus pandemic, such as resources for staff working in a primary care and also community setting, PPE, staff wellbeing and resilience during COVID-19, which we know is really important at the moment. But the Resuscitation Council UK has also created a series of useful resources to support healthcare professionals and the general public, actually, during COVID-19. They are aware that the concerns regarding the risk of transmission of coronavirus, but emphasise the crucial importance of doing CPR for a person who is in cardiac arrest. And they have also produced a really good brief infographic on the resuscitation of adult COVID-19 patients in primary care settings, which is actually included in our QCS resuscitation policy procedure. Okay, so lots and lots there, really, in terms of things that have changed slightly because of COVID. And you mentioned well-being, which is so crucial at the moment as well, isn't it, for for helping Mm. to maintain everybody's health and mental well-being. So what what three things, if you were going to pick three things, Ali, what would you pick that practices could do straight away that would really help them ensure they can implement their mandatory training requirements? And then also, how can we at QCS help practices to do that? Okay. Firstly, in addition to mandatory training, um, health and safety training, identify any other essential training that staff need for their job roles and check how often the training has to be carried out or agree your own training schedule and create a training matrix. Secondly, Find out what type of training your staff prefer. Do they like e-learning or face-to-face? Although, of course, that will probably be done remotely at the moment during the pandemic. But if you can offer training in different ways, then staff are more likely to enjoy it, even if it is delivered uh, in their preferred learning style. Finally, collaborate with other local providers and practices to share training. This would be particularly useful for practices who are part of a primary care network. Each practice could provide training and offer places to staff at other practices, even virtually. So there is more opportunity throughout the year for all staff to keep up to date. Shared basic life support training is a really good example of this. 
And finally, how can QCS help? We have a training matrix including our training policy and procedure for existing customers. That's really, really useful. And, and, and I'm really grateful of your time today, Alison. Thank you. I'm sure this has been really useful for our listeners. So you've got some top tips there. We've mm-hmm. got lots of policies for people to use. So thank you for that. That's great. Thank you for listening today. To find out more about QCS, please visit www.qcs.co.uk forward slash GP podcast. <laughs>